Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. That attending doctor comes up to my hospital bed and says, Mr. Gordon, this is beyond us. We can do nothing more for you here. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Carling. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? That's a loaded question. Yeah, we had a bad week, but I think you won. Why was your week bad? Um, on Monday or on Sunday night, Julia broke her toe. Oh, yeah. On Monday morning, I was in a lot of pain and uh, realized I had an abscess tooth, so I had to go on antibiotics. what that is, because when somebody says an abscess tooth... Mm-hmm. I literally picture a pimple on a tooth. Ew. And like, I, know, I don't know why that's the image, but like, what so, does that mean? You see, when you don't go to the dentist ever oh, no. and you get a cavity and you ignore it, yeah, your tooth eventually is like, uh, girlfriend. Oh, yeah. We're, we have headphones on and it's not actually going through. <laughs> your teeth eventually are like, girl, yeah, get it together. Yeah. We're going to make you feel this. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a cavity, but it's a cavity that gets infected. Like it's a cavity gone wild? It's basically, like, underneath where your roots are, there's, like, a pocket of Ew. gunk. I- I've had an abscess tooth before. So you knew. You and like... I knew the pain because it radiates all in through your <gasps> jaw, down your neck, up into your head. I have never had it's this. It's, like, worse than childbirth, I swear. Like, teeth pain is brutal. So through work, we have um, this thing where we can, like, FaceTime a nurse. Is that awkward? A little bit, but like, like... Did you have to open your mouth? I had and... to take... So before that, it was like a chat. Mm-hmm. So I chatted with somebody and she was like, can you take a picture of it? And I was like, I'm like in the lunchroom. <laughs> She's oh like, my God. My and stick my phone in it. So I went to the washroom and like showed her the inside of my mouth. But then when I eventually talked to the RN, she was um, like totally fine and like was like right away was like, oh yeah, I'll get you antibiotics and sent over a prescription to the pharmacy that was closest to me and... That's wild. Yeah. So, what a time to be alive. Right? So that happened right around COVID is when my work, like, it gave us access to that for free. Yeah. So you can talk to a nurse, like, whenever you need to. So, yeah. So we've had a broken toe, abscess tooth, and then on Wednesday, Claire has had this cough since Halloween. Yeah. And it's been, like, kind of coming and going. But on Wednesday, again, she was coughing like crazy. It kind of started, like, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, and... She wouldn't stop coughing. I'm like, I can't send her to school. They're just going to send her yeah. home. Of course, it's my only day off. Yeah. So I'm home with her. And then I get an email from the bus saying that she's potentially a close contact oh on the bus. So I was God. like, flip. So but doesn't that mean all your kids are? Yes. But, but none they of them said that symptoms. if we exactly so and they said that if we get an email from AHS, <gasps> then we need to isolate. Yeah. I brought her in for a test, but she's yeah. negative. So God. just a bit of a. So that means week. a student on the school bus confirmed COVID. Yes. But I think it 
the kid wasn't sitting close to my kids. Right. But, and obviously not in your, their class, because you would have right. gotten a secondary one saying in this class. Right. So did the kid have to go home and sell, like, what's... I don't, I'm assuming, like, they don't tell us who the kid is. My kids were speculating. Kate yeah. was like, I think it's this one kid, and he spits. And I was like, of course oh, he does. no, not <laughs> spitting Tommy. Spitting his COVID everywhere. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, that's wow. all. How about you? Yeah, I can't get into details because I haven't stopped crying, but I had to put down one of my dogs, my little guy, Tony. So yeah, that so happened terrible. on Monday and it was really unexpected. Right after your birthday. Right too. after my birthday. I mean, he didn't know. You know, I know. that's just the way Poor it goes. Guy. So it's been a really hard week and mm-hmm. I can't stop crying. I'm sorry. Now we got to move on from it or else I'm just going to sob. Okay, anyway. But we were thinking of... So we are doing a Patreon this week. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to do your third episode. Mm-hmm. But Amanda, our friend from Amanda Loves to Hate Teen Mom, mm-hmm. who has known us since high school, knows Anthony, your mm-hmm. husband, had to go back to work after breaking her foot. And so her availability kind of shifted. Right. And I don't know that we're going to have time to record it this week in time for Thursday. So, so instead of hearing me cry. Yeah. I thought maybe we should do like a tribute to Tony. Aww. Because I feel, I ju- I'll just say this. I feel like there's a sense. No, now I'm going to start crying. No. <gasps> like, why don't, I know well, we can't have a funeral for a dog. I get that. Why but can't like, we? Well, I don't, I don't we know. Can. I guess if the office had a funeral for a bird. Absolutely. Wasn't it a bird or a cat? Yeah, it was a bird. Yeah. I just like, oh. like the world loved him. Even yes. if you didn't know him. I posted all sorts of pictures on their Instagram. Five photos, five meows. And, like, the world just loved him. Absolutely. And I think the world deserves to either, like, read an obituary or, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I was like, I maybe agree. it would be cathartic to, like, have a tribute to Tony. And, he, I know. Uh, he was, like, my little guy. I know. And he helped you so much through all, through yeah, so much Yeah, he, stuff. like, literally saved my life. I so, know. anyway, <sighs> moving on. You guys should subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to try and spin this into something. Yeah. So what what I think is interesting is that uh, the person I lost was named Tony. I know. As well. I remember when I got Tony, <laughs> yeah. you were like, did you name him after Anthony? And I was like, no, he was just already named Tony. Because they everybody that loved Anthony called him Tony. And so, so now they're hanging out together. Yeah. So... There. Yeah, but I do remember that. And I was like, no, I didn't name him after your husband. <laughs> you weirdo. <laughs> I was like, this was just his name, but I'm not going to rename him. No. He looks like a Tony. He definitely did. Yeah. yeah. So, Aww. yeah. So maybe instead of episode three about Anthony, mm-hmm. it'll be this episode we'll about. tribute to Tony. Yeah. But anyway, you just heard me talk about this one thing and I couldn't stop crying. So maybe this isn't a good idea and I'll never make it through an entire episode. So you know what? As of right now, it is a mystery Yeah, what our Patreon episode will be and you'll just have to find out when you subscribe. Yeah. That is one of the nice things about our Patreon though is we can, we have this sort of freedom to absolutely do episodes about whatever we dang want we to. We can do whatever we want and you just have to listen. Yeah. I mean, obviously we want you, you to You have like to pay us to listen. <laughs> Yeah, so that was my week. That uh, yeah. literally just consumed my entire week. And I, I like, every time I am alone in my car, I just sob. And every time I'm alone in my office, I just sob. But then, because I have this weird, like, I don't like to cry in front of people, 
somebody will like come in or if I'm just like in a group of people, I'm just like cheerful and happy and yeah. like nothing's wrong at yeah. all. And then everybody leaves and I just like break down crying. Yeah. Neither you or I like to cry. Period. Yeah. yeah. Um, I finally watched the final season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine yeah, because I've right. been like too afraid to watch it because I'm just the biggest weirdo when it comes yeah. to TV shows. Well, I think it's like the ending of something that you and Anthony watched yeah. together. Yeah. And so. it's a show that I watch like over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And so finally I was home on Wednesday and doing laundry. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to watch the whole thing. And yeah, the last episode, I just sobbed and I was like, I'm pretty sure this is about more than a TV show. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot to unpack here. But I honestly think that anytime I let a few tears squeak out, my eyes are like, all right. Yeah, it's on. It's not going to happen again. So we got to do this. So yeah, I was a little weepy that day. (laughs) Well, a pro tip that I learned this week is don't do your makeup Mm. until you get to the place where you need your makeup to be on your face. Absolutely. So I've just been bringing my makeup in the car and then I cry all the way to work, and then I collect myself, and then I do my makeup, and then I go you into get, work. You should get bereavement days. I, you know what? Yes. Who do I speak to about my Absolutely. work? My work was incredible. Like yeah. on Monday, I worked from home, and then on Tuesday, I worked from home, but like didn't work a full day, mm-hmm. and then I did go in Wednesday because I was like, well. I mean, I mean, Angela from the office was trying to get cat maternity leave. I think two things. When somebody gets a new member of their family, Absolutely. even if it's furry or feathery mm-hmm. or lizardy, scaly, <clears throat> you should get a couple days. Yeah. Six weeks. I don't know. I'm just spitballing ideas Six here. months. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it paid, obviously. <laughs> and then also bereavement. When you lose a member of your family that you've had for, yeah, what, 12 years? Yeah. Yeah. I know somebody messaged me and said, um, I know I know how you feel. I cried harder when my dog died than when my grandpa died. Because oh. <laughs> I think there's like a natural, like when somebody who's like a grandparent dies, yeah. it's like there's a natural progression and you've sort of like done things in a certain order. But like there's never, a, there's never a good time for a pet to die. No, and I Not think that... Not to say that there's a good time for a grandparent to die. But... I think a lot of times we think about how devastating it is when an animal is sick or hurt. Yeah. Because they can't tell us what's yeah. wrong, right? And so it's it is sadder. And or they like, only live for like they don't live long enough. Yeah, exactly. But anyway. Other news, we started watching Sister Wives from the very beginning. Oh wow. Lindsay has never seen it. And Whoa. I was like, We need you need this in your life. That's a wild ride. Yeah, it's because I was talking to Amanda from Amanda Loves to Hate to what? Uh, Amanda who? Well, what's their their patron is like um, Amanda Loves to Hate. TV? Yeah, like they do Total Request yeah, Pod. Yeah. And they've been rewatching and commenting on Sister Wives. And so I was like, yeah, I got to get back into that. So, very beginning was when they all lived together in that yeah. house that was like in four different like yeah. sections. Mm-hmm. And when they, when he first started like courting Robin. Oh, yeah. Then they got married. And then didn't like Christine have a baby? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, she had Truly. Truly. It's truly an interesting name. Truly Grace Brown. Oh, my. And I'm just happy that Christine got out of there. Okay, well, hopefully Lindsay doesn't listen to this because... Oh, spoiler. I know. I was like, I was like, ooh, one of these kids comes out as gay. And she's like, which one? Which one? Uh, is it McKelty? Is it Colton? Is it... And I was like, I'm not telling you. Uh-oh. And then I was like, one of these wives leaves. One of these other wives gets scammed. Uh, yeah. Oh, I was like, there's a catfish. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God, don't tell me anything. So... Oh, crazy. I know. It's yeah. been funny to rewatch it. Absolutely. Like, Cody is a piece of work he really is a piece of trash like in the episode where mary is like 
you know, I'm just feeling insecure, like about his marriage to Robin. And how would you feel if I took on more than one husband? And he just like guffawed. Yeah. Like, he was like, I mean, I can't even, that's ridiculous. I can't even put that in my mind. Why would I want to think about like, that? Like how someone could be so arrogant yeah. mm-hmm. to think that these four women are like need him. They and, don't need no man. Well, and then, you know, I don't know. It's, I'm just glad that eventually they, you know, stand more and more stand up for themselves. Yeah. I mean, I think there's something to be said for sister wives. Oh, totally. I mean, but without the man. Like, yes. I could use, like, five sister wives right now. Can but I don't imagine? need a husband. Can you imagine if Anthony had four wives yeah. and then died? Could you imagine how much easier my life would be? Yeah. Well. Should have, should have thought of that. <laughs> Is there a way to get him other wives post-mortem? <laughs> post, yeah, post-mortem. Just to help you. I could just catfish a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. They think they're meeting him, and uh, jokes it's on them. They're being my <laughs> sister wife. Jokes on him or you. He died, and yeah. you are now my sister wife. And there is no touching involved. Yeah. Oh, no, no funny business. <laughs> no. Yeah. You may grab a broom and grab a vacuum. <laughs> Those are the only things you're grabbing around here. Oh my god. Oh, silly. All right. Well, let's get into it. We talked to Chris D T Gordon today. We did. Uh, when I was editing this episode, I was obviously like sobbing because I was editing it this week. Yeah. Uh, but he is so uplifting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And Seriously. I was like, maybe I needed to like re-listen to this episode. Absolutely. As I was sobbing. And so. feel what, you know, talk about what you're grateful for yeah. and those kind of things. Let us know what you think. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Hello, Chris. Hey, Carling and Michelle. How are you all today? We're good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Doing quite well. Good. You having a nice Sunday so far? It's going pretty well, as normal Sundays do here in the Gordon household. Becky and I are getting things ready for the upcoming school week, and the kids are busy with their various projects or interests. So, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, that sounds lovely. I yourselves? Yeah, Sundays are really like our podcasting hangout days. And so they always feel hectic, but like in a nice way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I look forward to it, but it would be nice. I need to start taking like Mondays off so that my Mondays could be like, get ready for the week. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're so excited to chat with you. We would love it if you introduce yourself, talk a little bit about you, like who you are, what you do. And then I'm, I've been really eager to hear your story. Excellent. Well, my name is Chris D.T. Gordon, and the D.T. either can stand for darn terrific or, <laughs> as my parents intended, Daniel Thomas. But ah. I, use it for, I use it so people can find me online quickly. I am a 47-year-old husband and father of three in New Ulm, Minnesota. It is as German as it sounds. <laughs> there, is, there is even the second largest copper statue in the united states of herman the german whoa the romans in the battle of teutoburg forest in 9 a.d wow that's wild that's i've never heard of it we are a very german town here i teach online in a middle school setting i teach special education i serve students grades six through eighth so I pride myself in not growing up because then I can really uh, relate to my students. Yeah, absolutely. So it works well. Uh, otherwise, 
I am a uh, student of Taekwondo. I'm actually waiting for my results for my final te- black belt test. Oh, wow. And I have to find out what other aspects of the test I have to master before I can receive my black belt. I am a voracious runner, so voracious that I'm currently dealing with hamstring issues. Oh, so no. I've, I've had, I'm doing some rehab. You can't see it, but I'm holding a two inch in diameter spiky ball that I put underneath my thigh to massage my hamstring. It's a little lot like torture, actually. Yeah, oh, that, that sounds, sounds awful. That specifically is why I don't run. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you don't. Run. Yeah, that's why I don't run. I don't want to hurt my hamstrings. <laughs> If you're chased by a bear, will you slow down? My hamstrings are <laughs> like, Go chase Chris D.T. Gordon. He yes. is good at outrunning bears, not me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we connected through Facebook, through a Facebook group, um, because I reached out looking for people with interesting stories to tell. And I was so glad uh, that you reached out to us. And sort of, I don't know, just your whole journey and sort of the stuff that you do now because of it. So... Why don't you, I don't know where the beginning is. Start from the beginning. Certainly. Well, I started alluding to it before. You know, I live in New Ulm. I have a fantastic family. I teach online. I'm also a runner. And as you, uh, we haven't discussed it yet, really. I'm a huge geek. I love comic books. I love the MCU. I devour anything that Disney Plus shoves in my face. I'll take it. <laughs> I, I love Transformers, especially Generation One Transformers from the '80s, I, and I have a bunch of them on my shelf that my son and I like to collect and play with. And I just like being geeky in all areas. So you would get before, along well with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's. I think that's one of the reasons why I I do so well in middle school. So anyway. That So before March 18th, 2015, that's what life was like for me. I was hanging with my family, hanging with my friends, teaching, running, being geeky, just in, you know living life. Well, on March 18th, 2015, I was helping Becky get the kids ready for school. At that time, the twins, Seth and Anna, were going to daycare. So Becky would drop them off first and then drop, drop Josh off at kindergarten before going up to her job as a teacher in the public high school. Well, Seth, the boy twin, was a little pokey, as toddlers are off to do. They're all to, they're all to toddle. That's in their job description. Yes. So I picked him up and decided to fly him to our detached garage. Well, mm. I veered too far to the right and scraped my back of my right hand on our garage wall. And I looked at it and wasn't bleeding, as we Monty Python fans say, tis but a scratch. <laughs> so... I put him into the car seat, kissed them all goodbye, and then walked back into the house to start my day of teaching. Now, but not before washing off my wound, you know, because that's what I've been taught to do by my parents. Yeah. Three days later, I wake up to a lacrosse ball-sized bump on my right elbow. I usually don't wake up like that. I'm not going to judge anyone else who does. But <laughs> I decided I need to get this checked out. So I go to the urgent care clinic here in town. And the doctor there says, eh, it looks like bursitis, which is no. an inflammation of the bursa sac in our joints. And you should keep an eye on it. So I, I pretend to be a good patient and I go home and I keep an eye on it as it grew and grew oh. and grew until oh. my right arm was three times the size of my left. Oh, my gosh. 
I was basically the Incredible Hulk in mid-transformation. <laughs> but less smashy and angry and more sicky entirety. Oh, oh no. Becky, yeah, exactly. Uh, Becky found a babysitter for the kids. And then after the babysitter arrived, we went to the emergency room. And they quickly admitted me because, oh, huge right arm. Yeah. But as they were taking my vitals, they found something else was wrong. I had gone septic. <gasps> oh, no. Yes. Gasp indeed. Yeah. Because... And how does that even happen? Like, you well, washed it. I don't know. I don't well, know much about sepsis. Well, uh, I'll well, I'll get to that shortly. But, okay. uh, you know, um, sepsis is a reaction that the body has to a foreign agent. And mm -hmm. one of the reactions is that it will send a chemical through the bloodstream to kill off said foreign agent. However, that chemical alone can kill you. Oh, wow. So that's a little bit of a downside for sepsis. So I had poison coursing through my veins and a ginormous right arm. Not the craziest Saturday night I ever experienced, <laughs> but it was top five for sure. Yeah. So the next morning, they keep me overnight, obviously. So the next morning, that attending doctor comes up to my hospital bed and says, Mr. Gordon, this is beyond us. We no. can do nothing more for you here. Where do you want to go? What? I quickly oh, say wow. Mayo. Yes, it, it was, they had not seen anything like this. So I quickly say Mayo because first of all, it's the Mayo Clinic. It's like the Beyonce or Cher of <laughs> Yes, yeah. People know what you're talking about just by the name. Yeah. And it's only two hours from where we are in New Ulm. And secondly, Bill and Dee, Becky's parents, who I also call mom and dad, lived in Rochester. So I knew Becky, the kids, and Max the dog would have a place to stay in the two or three days this would take to resolve itself. I'm sure right. this would be a weekend thing at most. So they load me in, a, in, a, in an airplane and fly me to Rochester where they officially diagnosed me with necrotizing fasciitis, <gasps> also known as flesh-eating bacteria. Oh, no. All from that scratch of my hand. Were you in a lot of pain, just like immense pain, or was it more like the symptoms of an infection, like fever and things like that? It was more, more of the latter. Yes, okay. I had a, a, a fever. My arm was warm and tender to the touch, not like... Right. Anytime I brushed against something, it hurt, but it was a little more tender than usual. Okay. But yeah, and as you had uh, asked earlier, that infection was caused by the scratch of my hand. There was strep A in the area. Oh. And NF, I, I say that to shorten it up the name, is caused by that group A strep. It's all, you know, group A strep also causes impetigo and other lovely diseases. But I received NF, so that was my roll of the dice. Oh, well, no. Once the doctors knew what was going on, they quickly prepped me for surgery and then put me under for five days. For five days? five days? Five days. I was in a coma for five days. And did you know, like, did you have the wherewithal? They were like, hey, listen, you're going to be out for five days. I am somewhat certain they told me, yeah. but... When they were prepping for surgery, they gave me some lovely drugs. Oh, yeah. One of which is ketamine. 
Oh, yeah. That's a good tranquilizer, right? Like, yes, yes. And so the last thing I remember before going out, going under the coma was the surgeon was sitting opposite me in this room. I think it was a waiting room. I was already in a wheelchair. I am feeling phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> My head's going back and forth. I look like a drunk Professor Xavier. Yeah. <laughs> the surgeon, his name is Dr. Um, Dr. Mori. He, he's uh, telling me all of these things are going to happen. And as he's talking about this and telling me how serious this is, I, oh wait, let me back up. Have you ever seen True Lies? I, I'm sure I've seen True Lies. It's the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's a he's a spy, and his yeah. wife Jamie Curtis doesn't know. Okay, do you remember the scene where he's drugged and tied to a chair, mm-hmm. and he slovenly tells his captors how he's going to escape and kill them? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was me without the murder. <laughs> I was so confident, almost cocky, that I was telling him, "Let's do this." Let's go. I'm ready. The surgeon was not ready for that. He was a little taken aback because people in my position were usually crying. They're scared. Am I going to die? And I'm ready to start cutting my own self open. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm the opposite end of the spectrum of what he's expecting. So I'm sure he probably told me that I was going to be put under for five days. I don't remember. But they do. They put me under. And the first operation... It, the first surgery is to remove all the infected skin and tissue oh. from my body. And it starts at that scratch that I received on my right hand. And, and the infected uh, tissue went all the way from the back of my right hand, up my arm, through my shoulder, to about the base of my neck. Oh my God. Down my chest, around my rib cage, and up to my back. Oh my gosh. That spread fast. It, it did. Yes, quite. And so all that tissue was removed and they had to make sure that remo- they removed every single iota of bacteria mm-hmm. because if they didn't, it would restart. And that's not a game I want to play twice. No. So they clear, they debride me. They, that's what they call it. Debridement. And after they, that situation, they realized that well, the infection had gone so far into my right arm, they were planning on amputating my right arm. It was not a question. It was not, well, it's likely. They were certain. They even told Becky this. So they get me ready for the second surgery. And right before they reached for the axe, I'm guessing, I don't think they had an axe there, but you know, it's good for <laughs> The occupational therapist in attendance saw that I still had hand function. So they elected to, instead of cutting off my arm, they extracted a 15 inch by four inch flap of skin from my left thigh and placing it on my right hand and forearm. Wow. And since this is my thigh on my hand, I call this my fan. (laughs) Copyright pending. Yeah. (laughs) However, this is now where my surgical story becomes a a medical version of if you, when you give a mouse a cookie, because now I have my fan covered, I can keep my arm, but now I have a gaping hole in my left thigh Ugh. that they can't close normally. So they elect 
to remove my vastus lateralis, which is my outermost quadricep muscle. Oh my God. And then they install a shoestring type contraption on the inside of the wound. And then on the outside, they install a pair of knobs, one on either side of the wound, that they would slowly turn and tighten so they can close the wound over time. Just because like the skin had to have time to stretch? Well, they needed to close the wound, but it was such a wide, a wide hole in my leg yeah. that it couldn't close naturally. Wow. So they had to, again, remove that outermost muscle. So now instead of a quad, I have a try in my left thigh and close it up with the knobs. So basically on the upper half of my body, I'm looking like a discount Deadpool. On the bottom half of my body, I'm looking like Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> oh no. But be, uh, back to the upper upper half of my body, I still have all those open areas. So they take a skin graft harvester, or as I like to call it, a cheese grater on steroids, and run it up and down my back and my thighs. And what does that do? Well, it does a couple of things. First of all, it gives, it offers skin graft samples. So they can put the skin graft samples on my arm and shoulder, chest, and back. So I have ample covering because my skin's not going to grow back over it. Yeah. You know, they, they have to, basically it's new skin that they're putting on there. It also gives me a hundred percent guarantee. I will never have a perfect hand. Right. And I'm not, and uh, I'm not sure, not sure if you got a good look at me beforehand. I'm a ginger. So my chances of that were really low before. Yeah. <laughs> now I have racing stripes. Oh no. On my on my thighs and my back. And yeah. so I will never win any well, I might win some copper tone out of pity. But <laughs> yeah, my modeling days are gonna be few and far between. If they're going for a tan, mind you. Yeah. Uh, so I have all the skin grafts covering my upper half of my body that had had that skin removed now. Uh and the beautiful thing about skin grafts is that they are, well, there's a double-edged sword to them. They're non-porous, which means they don't sweat, which means I don't spend a lot of time doing laundry or using deodorant. So I've saved a lot of money on deodorant over the past six years. Yeah, you just the have to get flesh-eating disease. Oh, God. Exactly. The bad thing is they don't sweat, which means... I have constant heat oh. inside those areas Oh, because I can't sweat. So yeah. it's, it's always feeling tight. It's always feeling very, very warm. So I wake up after the five day coma, immediately thinking I'm at the bottom of a water slide being pummeled by green liquid. Actually it's CT fluid that I'm throwing up and the ketamine is saying, let's have fun with this guy. Oh no. Let's see what we can get him to think. So that's my first thought. Uh, my brother, who flew in from Michigan as soon as he found out what I was going through, saw me in my tirade and almost jumped back on the plane. Thankfully, he stayed. He calls. He called Becky and Bill and had them come up to see me. And so we had a nice visit and they started telling me what had happened. And then they leave because it's Thursday night. And I start thinking about what's going on, what's going to go on not only for the next few days, weeks, or months, but for the rest of my life. Yeah. And this is where what I call personal bacteria sets in. Now we all have bacteria on our person. You know, that's just, that's just natural. 
but personal bacteria are those negative thoughts that invade our minds when we're facing challenging or life-threatening events. They're different for every person depending on the event. For me, I was thinking about what was I going to look like when I fully healed, if I fully healed? What was I gonna be able to do physically? At one point, the doctor said that I should work towards feeding myself with my right arm. That was it. Wow. Feeding myself. That's what they were hoping for. Oh, wow. What was I going to be mentally, like mentally? How was I going to deal with stress and other situations in this now, in this new mental state? What were, what were my relationships going to be like with Becky, the kids, my other family members, my friends, my colleagues? How were we going to deal with this financially? Because when all was said and done, I was now the owner of a million dollar arm. All of these questions started invading my mind and they were taking me to a negative place because I didn't have any answers for them. Mm -hmm. However, they didn't have time to permeate because early in my recovery, Becky on her, on one of her daily visits told me how people in our various social circles were stepping up to help us. Our neighbors here in New Ulm were shoveling our, driveway and our walkways because it's March and April in Minnesota. So it's winter part two. Oh my God. Yeah. In Rochester where Becky, the kids and Max the dog are staying. Now they weren't there for two days. They were there for two weeks. Wow. So they had hardly anything of their own there. Friends of ours that lived in that way, colleagues of mine from my school, we're stopping by Bill and Dee's house, dropping off food, dropping off toys and clothing for the kids and playing with the kids. Jeff, my brother, remember I mentioned he had flown in from Michigan. He bought me an iPad to help me entertain myself while I was recovering in the hospital. One of Becky's uh, friends from high school started a GoFundMe account that raised over $10,000, which offset lost wages I had incurred because I didn't have nearly enough sick days to cover my hospital stay. Yeah. So when Becky told me all of these things that people were doing to help us out, all that personal bacteria washed away and was replaced by what I call the attitude of gratitude, TAG for short. Practicing TAG, I started by asking myself three questions. And they, these three questions make up the acronym TAG. The first question was, what good things do I have in my life? And I turned this into, think of all the good things in your life. When we ask, so if I were to ask you ladies, what are some good things in your life? What would you say? Uh, we both just go to <laughs> like I think really it's the people in our lives yeah I mean for me it's my kids I'm a widow so I I have a hard time you know finding gratitude it's interesting hearing your perspective on it because I do find that a lot of times I can go negative and and think of all the the bad things or all the things that my life has changed into because of what's happened. So it is such a good perspective to think about like the other side, like what is good? What are the good things? And for me, it's my children, it's my job um, and it's my friendships for sure. Mm -hmm. And this podcast, I mean, has, has connected us to so many amazing people and hearing their stories has been so inspiring. That's what I would say. 
Carly? That was Michelle, correct? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that was Michelle. <laughs> Carly, how about you? Yeah, I really think it's sort of like the my chosen family and... I'm really thankful under the current like economic climate that I have a job and that I like my job. And yeah, like I, I have the um, privilege to have this podcast and. And that's exactly what people go with. And those are beautiful answers. Thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. We usually think of the big things in our lives, our faith, our family, our friends, our jobs, our neighbors. But I was thinking, okay, I have all those things. All things are great. What about the small things? What about the things that bring us that daily dose of joy or make our or make our lives and jobs easier? And in the hospital, I thought about the Netflix show Daredevil. Oh, okay. Because during my time in the hospital, they had dropped the first season half. Mm. And as you can imagine, being a self-professed geek, I absolutely <laughs> loved it. And the fact that I was able to watch it at any time while I was recovering was huge for me. And then I thought about how the sun never shined in my eyes when I was bedridden. And I know that sounds very random, but when you are confined to a, a, a one particular spot, when you are bedridden and you have virtually no control over your environment, mm-hmm. yeah, not having to ask someone for one more thing is actually quite a blessing. And then there's the hospital pizza. <laughs> and I've asked many people about their thoughts about hospital food. And as you can imagine, they're usually, you know, either average to negative. The hospital pizza at St. Mary's was phenomenal. <laughs> Shout out. I don't know if it were some kind of special recipe or maybe it was because I hadn't had pizza in a long time. When I actually had a bite, but man, it was so good. I'm still talking oh, about it to this day. It's so memorable. And and so to this day, I think about what good things do I have in my life that make my job, make my life, make my job easier. Mm-hmm. And so I think about this spiky little ball that tortures my hamstrings <laughs> and no end, but makes me, <laughs> makes them feel better. It's going to ha- have them help them heal. I think about my wireless mouse that's held, a, held together by duct tape. <laughs> because I've dropped it one too many times. I think about door hinges. Can you imagine if your door hinge didn't work? That that wall, that door becomes a wall now. There and you go. We're, we're not mutants yet. We can't walk through walls. <laughs> and so the ability to have door hinges that work and let us go in and out of doors and in and out of rooms is actually quite cool. Yeah. And then I mentioned before, my right armpit. Because... I, I can make a stick of deodorant last for six months. And so by thinking of all the small things that we overlook because we're so busy or we're so caught up in our, our, our own or other people's dramas, mm-hmm. that we are actually quite rich, no matter our economic status, that we have all these things that make our lives either more enjoyable or easier to handle. And so that's my first step. That's the first step I took. I thought of all the good things in my life, both the big things and the small things. Then I thought about people in my life. Who do I appreciate in my life and why? And again, when we ask ourselves that question, you ladies mentioned before, family, friends, neighbors, colleagues, people who share our faith. But then I thought about, well, in a hospital, that would be the medical staff, especially the nurses. Yeah. I know that nurses are fantastic you know they 
you know, obviously they do their job because I'm alive and I recovered. But my nurses in particular, I cherish because they, some of them became my friends. So much so that, you ever been in the hospital for a long time, either of you? No. Longest probably would be after my C-section. So not just okay. a couple of days. Yeah. Okay. When you're in the hospital for say, I don't know, two months, they sometimes put a poster on the wall called the getting to know you poster. This is so people when they come in or the nursing staff or the medical staff gets to know who you are besides patient number XYZ. One of the questions on my poster was favorite movie. You've heard me rave about the MCU. Mm -hmm. I talked about, you know, my love, my love of Transformers. I even quoted Money Python. So you could probably guess what my favorite movie is. That's right. Blazing yeah. Saddles. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh God, <laughs> I, like, I have no idea. I was going to say a Marvel movie, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought of that, but then I thought, what is a movie I could watch over and over again and not get sick of? Yeah. And it's, it's Blazing Saddles, hands down. Well, one Monday morning, Chris, the head nurse, she practically ran into my room and she was so excited for some reason. She said, Chris, I was at a garage sale this past weekend and I saw this and I thought of you and here it is. Aww. She bought me a DVD copy of Blazing Saddles. Now, I am just a part of her job. Yeah. I am nothing more than an item on her to-do list. But the fact that she thought of me so much that she not only recognized my favorite movie mm -hmm. in a garage sale bin, but she went out and bought it for me makes that DVD copy of Blazing Saddles one of my prized possessions. Not because of its market value, but because of the love and care and friendship in which it was given. Absolutely. And so that that is how I started you know, really appreciating people in my life. And I've also developed a three-step process to help you. And I'm not saying you, you, you both don't value people in your lives, but you know, for you and your listeners, I developed a three-step process to maybe increase your appreciation for someone. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I want you to think of your various social circles. I want you to pick one person out of that social circle and take them out of the social circle that you two share. Oh no. No. <laughs> Well, you, it's temporary. Oh, okay. Right. I was like, oh, God, no. You're not, you're not kicking them off the island. <laughs> but, you're, okay, now what you're going to do, and I'll explain why you're, you're taking them out of that circle. You're going to look at that person, and you're going to think of all the positive ways that person affects the world around them without your connection to them. All right, so you're thinking of the way they interact with their family, interact with their friends, their job, you know, any way that they are a positive influence to the world in which they live. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to put them back into that social circle that you share and you can just be in awe and in wonder of the fact that you share a relationship with that fantastic person. Yeah, oh, that's so like that is nice. so nice. Right, thank you. I like to use my wife, Becky, as an example. She, Becky's my wife, my partner, my best friend. But I'm going to take her out of that social circle that we share. And I see that she's a fantastic mother. She's a loving daughter and sister. She's a brilliant teacher, a well-read historian, a great athlete. She is a wonderful musician. 
She's got a witty sense of humor and is almost as geeky as I am, but she plays <laughs> a, lot lower, a lot closer to the vest. She's a benefit to the community you know, as a whole. I'm going to put her back into that social circle that we share. And she's still all of those things. But now she's my wife, my partner, my best friend to boot. Mm-hmm. How lucky am I? Yeah, so absolutely. When we do that, when we look at people for their own attributes and their and their own positives aside from hey they are they are connected to me we can really see how blessed we are that we have these people in our lives they could be related you know they could be connected to anyone else in that way but they're connected to us in that way and we should appreciate that we should let them know that we appreciate them for that wow and so that's the second step acknowledging the appreciated and then there's the G. And the G is, how do I give others a reason to be grateful? Now, I really couldn't do a lot in the hospital. I could jump on social media, maybe donate some, some money to a GoFundMe account of someone else's, but there wasn't really a lot of action I could take. It was after I was discharged that I started taking action. I had started running again. And it was slow at first, but over time I would go farther and farther and as I would run, I would see garbage on the road, on the sidewalk, on in people's yards. And so I would pick up that garbage, mm-hmm. you know, pick up garbage out on the road, pick up garbage on the sidewalk and someone's yard, as long as it wasn't going too trespassy. Unless <laughs> <laughs> it's their like prized possession. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, someone left this flamingo on your, you know, in your yard. I'm going to take this. <laughs> So I started doing that and then my neighbor's lawns or uh, would get long in the winter or in the summer when they would go on trips or maybe they, you know, had their own family issues to take care of. We have neighbors who have twins of their own. They're quite young. So once in a while I've mowed their lawn and in the winter it gets snowy here, of course. So I snow blow their driveways and their walkways when I can. And then there's the classic opening doors for people. We never know what's going on in someone's life unless they tell us. Yeah, absolutely. And at any given point right now, someone is having the worst day of their life. Yes. We can't imagine how someone could be affected by something as simple as opening a door. If that's all we can do, then we should definitely do it. So I, I, if I see someone with, you know, within maybe 50 feet of me, you know, they're coming, you know, following me into a door, I'll hold the door open for them because I want them to see that I recognize them no matter what's going on in their lives. I want them to know that I want to help out in the smallest, even if it's the smallest way I can do it. I still want to help. You never know how much that's going to affect someone to be seen. And so what's the beautiful thing, the beautiful thing about all those examples I just gave is that they cost me nothing. Yeah. yeah. But to the recipient, they're priceless. Absolutely. Yeah, it costs nothing to be kind. Exactly. And and so that's what fuels tag. It is because yes, I am grateful for having things in my life, for having people in my life, but if I don't go out and help others be grateful, give them a reason to be grateful, mm-hmm. then I'm just relieving my childhood and playing tag by myself. Which yeah. right. which was very boring and embarrassing. <laughs> Would have been entertaining to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's like it's like a human version of a dog chasing its tail. Yeah. yeah. 
And and so I never ever want anyone to deal with what I had to go through with contracting NF. Mm-hmm. However, I can't keep all the bad things from people's lives. That said, if I can help them increase their gratitude, their positivity, and their resilience, then I'm making my struggle worthwhile. Absolutely. And that's what I want to do. I want to help, especially young people, develop greater um, uh, levels of gratitude, positiv- positivity, and resilience. Because that that's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. When I recovered, and I was home, I realized, wow, you know, I'm not, I'm not the, I don't have the body I used to have, but I'm able to do a lot more than doctors thought I was going to. Yeah. And I have this great support system around me. I wonder what can I do now? And early in my recovery, uh, after my, at my first post discharge uh, checkup with my surgeon, I asked him, so what's my limit? What, what can I not do? And he looks at me and he said, Chris, you're the first marathon runner we've ever treated with for NF. You tell us. <laughs> so I took that as a sign that, all right, let's see what I can do. Mm-hmm. And over the, six ye- over the past six years, I have been training and pushing myself to do new things. And since that time, I've set or tied four lifetime personal running records. Wow. I, and I'm currently training long-term to qualify for the Boston Marathon by 2030. I have taken, I've started taking Taekwondo. And as I said before, I am awaiting the results of my final black belt test. Mm-hmm. I have earned another teaching license so I can teach uh, children on the autism spectrum disorder. Wow. And I've become a professional speaker. I've spoken to schools in my area. I've spoken to groups of students around the world. I'm going to continue speaking as much as I can so I can help others play tag and we can develop all those great you know, attributes, positivity, gratitude, resilience, so everyone can feel how I feel now without the skin grafts. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. That's, that's such a, I don't know, for kind of thinking about what you're saying, it's like, I, I know a lot of people say everything happens for a reason, which I don't necessarily believe because some things are just terrible right Mm -hmm. my my thought is kind of if this had to happen what can I learn from it and how can I help other people you know some someone who's gone through a death you know I can maybe help them and ease their pain a little bit by telling them what I've been through or what I've done and and that's kind that's what you're doing as well right so I think that's so important and it's such an amazing perspective to have coming out of something so horrible. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like in today's world, everything is very self-centered and uh, like, what can I do for me? But yeah, I like this, this, this idea that it doesn't cost anything to be kind and you don't know what people are going through. It just takes one little thing, you know, one little gesture to potentially turn somebody's whole day around. Mm-hmm. And so that's what fuels me. That's what, you know, that's why I reach out to schools. I reach out to organizations mm-hmm. because in those organizations, organizations, in those schools, there are kids who are struggling with any any number of issues yeah and they don't have the tools that i have Mm -hmm. they don't have the experience that i have and i need to share that with them so 
they can deal with those issues and deal with those problems and have, like I said, the greater gratitude, greater positivity, the greater resilience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. I love that so much. I think it's so important. Yeah. Just, just to know that you never, like you going into a school and, and talking to a bunch of students, you never, like you said, you never know what they're dealing with and they can walk away with such a different perspective and it can completely change everything for them. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. What's the best way for people to find um, some of the work that you do or if they want to look at getting you in for a speaker? Well, they can go to chrisdtgordon.com. So that's C-H-R-I-S-D-T-G-O-R-D-O-N.com. That's where I have more information about my speaking engagements. I have, I published some articles that I have put on the website. You can read those. I have a demo video and links to my YouTube channel, which is also called Chris DT Gordon and my Scar Bears podcast. Not okay. Scarred Bears, though that's visually awesome and scary. Yeah. But Scar Bearers, where I talk with others who have dealt with some life-changing events and how they have dealt with it. And then there's also a free tag one sheet that people can download and print and print and put on their wall at home, put at work so they can practice tag on a daily basis. And I also have a merch store called the Chris DT Gordon's tag and pop shop. And for your listeners, I have a promo code tag pop one. So T A G P O P the number one, I usually put in all caps. And if they use that promo code, at their, for the purchases, they get 20% off of everything. Oh, oh my awesome. God. That's amazing. that's amazing. I'll make sure to put that in the um, show notes. Are you on Instagram as well? I am. I am on Instagram and Facebook under Chris DT Gordon. Amazing. Awesome. That's great. I, yeah. What an inspiration, inspiration, sorry. <laughs> yeah, what an inspiring story to hear, you know, you're just like living your life day to day and then something so simple turns into something so tragic, but like what a gift to come out of it. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Yeah, it, it, it literally was something that had happened hundreds of times before. Yeah. You know, I literally just scratched to... my finger yesterday and now I'm worried. Now you've got <laughs> necrotizing fasciitis. If your elbow starts it starts getting big, you okay. know, you go to the doctor. Okay. Well, Chris, thank you so much for taking time out of your Sunday. I know today's the day you like to relax and regroup and get ready for the week. So Thank you so much for talking with us. It's been my absolute pleasure, ladies. Thank you for inviting me on. Of course. Enjoy the rest of your day and we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Have a great day yourself. You too. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Garling. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for being on our little podcast. Absolutely. And teaching us about the attitude of gratitude. Oh, and tag. I know. It's so cute. Like, yeah, I, I just love think it. like that's what the world needs. Absolutely. And like, and like we said about this podcast too, is like we hear from these people who've gone through like crazy things, but like look at what they've been able to accomplish or look what they've been able to turn it around into and help yeah. other people. And we just hope that, you know, sharing with people's stories, we can do a little bit of that yeah. for people. So Yeah. So in the show notes, we will link all of the links for Chris's stuff. So you'll have to check it out. And then I wanted to bring up, but we don't have a really good segue into it, the title of your new book, <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> What's it called? What did I say? You said, that's why you should only date 
People with dead spouses. Yeah. Yeah. I think we could probably paraphrase it to like, that's why you should date a widow. Maybe. Or like 10 reasons to date a widow. But I think it would be more catchy. If you saw, if you yeah. were walking past and saw something where it was like, dead only spouses. date someone with a dead spouse, you'd be yeah. like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. And then I need to read this book. And the reason that that came up is because we were talking about step parents and yeah and just like co-parenting yeah like the complication when when you're with someone that has an ex yeah i think parenting even if it's a really good relationship i think it's got it like it's just different it's just got like it's got its bumps in the road and yeah i like your solution that yeah you should only date people with dead spouses there you go i'm gonna start a dating app yeah (laughs) (laughs) the dead spouse yeah Dating the app. Dating app. Tinder for dead spouses? No, that makes it sound Tinder like Tinder for people. spouses. No. I don't know. We'll, you know what? We'll We're, workshop yeah. it. We're going to workshop it. Working It'll title. be catchy. It'll be snappy. It'll it'll work. It'll be fetch? No. No, that's from me. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Stop trying to make fetch happen, darling. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, there is still a few days left to... Enter our little draw Uh for some merch. Uh, For my birthday month, I'm asking people to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And um, I know, I think it's a Google podcast doesn't actually have. Google doesn't, and I don't think Spotify does. That's stupid. But you can leave one. So our platform, our podcast platform is Podbean. Oh, yeah. So you can go onto our website uh, where Podbean is linked yeah. and leave a review there. Or on or Facebook. On, or on Facebook or on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Um, and then take a screenshot and send it to us. Yeah. And then enter, and then we'll enter you into a draw to win some stuff. Some stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of like a way to just like boost our reviews because yeah. leaving us a review uh, makes us show up more in recommended podcasts mm-hmm. uh, on all the platforms. So it's really handy and it's really kind. And I. This week could use some kindness. You guys, she needs this. Okay, just do it. So five stars, please. <laughs> five stars. Thank you. Five stars for Tony. Oh. He'd get like 10 out of five he stars. He would. Little nugget. Okay, mm. before I start crying, make sure you follow us on all of the things. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, at I did not sign up for this. Mm-hmm. It's funny. If you Google I did not sign up for this podcast... There's a link that's like, how do I unsubscribe from a podcast? <laughs> or like, what happens when you're, I don't know. like When it's you all... accidentally sign up for something? Yeah. <laughs> like that man that some random person sent us a Facebook message that was like, I did not sign up for this. And it was like some other website, but it's like he, he was an older gentleman, maybe a boomer. And he <laughs> it's like he went into the search bar of Facebook and typed, I did not sign up for this. Yeah. And then messaged us yeah. as the official, like... If you signed up for something and you didn't want it, yeah. like, contact us. And, and we'll I was take like, care of it for hey, you. <laughs> Gary, thanks for writing. Uh, we're a podcast. <laughs> and I don't know. Like, I don't. Mm, no. Sorry, we can't this help you. This isn't for you. But please listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's one of our biggest now you, fans. Exactly. Now we got a shout out. <laughs> Go Gary. All right. I hope everybody has a good week. And we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.